Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They have completely gone off the deep end. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hey! All right, here he is. It's Doogie from KSTP 5 Eyewitness News. And also, he's got one of the most popular sports podcasts in town. It's called the Scoop Podcast. Long-form interviews, inside information, all kinds of stuff. And uh, he joins us now. A rare Friday appearance at 11 o'clock. Now that Winter Park access is done, I guess you your schedule is a little different. So. Good morning, gentlemen. TGIF. How about this for the latest on the Scoop front? Just get off the phone with an acquaintance. He lives in the West Metro. He's a power broker in town. He thought he had Jeffrey Laurie, the Eagles owner, all wrapped up to rent his house next week. $100,000. What? He just got word within the last hour that Laurie is going in a different direction. Whoa. What a punch in the gut. You thought you had. Now this guy isn't living check to check. Don't get me wrong. He's doing okay. I mean, power, if Jeffrey Lurie is thinking about renting your house. But yeah, how about that? Lurie's people just let him know what, what they're picking a different house. They came, Did they this took guy know pictures. that there was bidding going on? Yes, he knew there was a chance, but he thought, hey, you know, the feedback he had gotten initially was pretty positive. Okay, here's the, here. you know what, I don't, I don't fault, uh... I don't fault trying to get $100,000 for your home. If you got a nice home, try to get the money. But do you really want Philly guys? Like, Jeffrey Lurie's probably just like this idiot. They got this thing called social media. They, <laughs> let, let's go to the R Museum and let's desecrate the Rocky statue at 8 a.m. and let the Philly <laughs> fans see it. Like, we're going to be like, okay, yeah, this is, this is not a big deal. I, they had every everything we did to them, they deserved. Yeah, he's probably going to soil your carpets. I'll admit, remember I was in this studio last week. I said, hey, I hung out with Bo Allen's parents. They told me. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, they're nice Yeah, and I said, yeah, I mean, I sort of took them at face value. Yeah, so much for that. I mean, hearing from Pat Elfline's family, apparently his girlfriend, some of the stuff she had to deal with, Pat Elfline's mom. Keenum's family. Is sickening. Keenum said his family family was subjected to uh, some of the same things. They were, although Keenum had a bunch of friends from Abilene there. Yeah. They had some people to protect them. Apparently on the Elfline front, it was disgusting when he went down with the injury. Some of the things they, they were had to cheering, deal with. right, and said, "Get that fat SOB mm-hmm. off the field." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty standard in most stadiums. But some of the other stuff, is I got to be honest though, for a hundred thousand dollars, if Lurie want, wanted to come to my house and torch the thing, I'd be like, "Hey, no problem." <laughs> How much do you think he'd pay you to stay in your house for a weekend? Well, He'd make you pay him. To no, stay well, wait, there. wait, 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 wait. It's close to downtown, though. <laughs> it is you a prime location. Do? He would rent my property, tear my house down, right, exactly. buy the house next door to my house, build a mega house for me. He'd flip your house is what he would and do. And then yeah. I would say, Jeffrey, <laughs> do whatever property. you want. Uh, so who's going to be their offensive coordinator? 
I would bet on Kevin Stefanski, but they are casting a wide net. I'll say this much on Stefanski. He has a power broker as an agent, Jimmy Sexton. There will be other opportunities for Stefanski across the league if the Vikings don't elevate him. It would be comparable to my friend Todd Downing's situation last year in Oakland. He had some other suitors. The Raiders either had to elevate him to offensive coordinator or fear losing him. So they elevated him. I'm just saying, if you value Stefanski as much as I believe they value him, you elevate him to offensive coordinator. Hmm, okay. Really? Uh, Daryl Bevel is an, is an interesting name. People like, oh, no, no chance, yes. uh, Brad Childress. Daryl Bevel has done some good work with Russell Wilson. They went to a Super Bowl. That offensive line is just ravaged with no talent and injuries. So that's why that's why they had to sort of shake things up in, in Seattle. But that's an interesting name. It is an interesting name. Now, I won't claim to be an X's and O's expert, but yes, with his lengthy background as a play caller going back over a decade, agree. I would be surprised if they hired either Sean Ryan or Dan Campbell. I'll give you another name. Dan Campbell. Just a barbed wire tattoo on arm should rule you out he's of now, the running. I'm he's sorry. now with the Saints, correct? The assistant Campbell's head coach. Campbell's with the Saints. Ryan is with the Texans. Yes, he's the quarterback's coach, who I think goes back to the Giants as well. I think Ryan was with the Giants before the Texans. You might be right. I'll give you another name that mm-hmm. a very good NFL source ran by me. Now, by no stretch do I think this person even has a lick of a chance. But I was told that Bill Parcells was going to run the name Charlie Weiss. Okay. By Mike Zimmer. I mean, Charlie not, Weiss. Now he said he's a couple of years ago he's done coaching. Yeah. But he didn't say one hundred percent definitively he's done coaching. Hmm. Would that name do anything for you? As a And I'm uh, saying again, as a long suffering Notre no Dame. By no means fan. do I think that Charlie Weiss will be the next Vikings offensive coordinator. But I'm just telling no. you what a really good NFL source ran by me a few days the, ago. The, Stefan, no. the Stefanski thing concerns me in the in the way that I'm not a huge fan of just saying, well, well, things worked with, with Pat in 2017, so let's keep it status quo. We've seen that story play out here before. You know, hey, this guy d- did a good job, and this guy was his quarterback's coach. I think casting a broad net here is smart. And, and, and listen— if you've decided on what you want at your quarterback, I could definitely see casting that broad net to include just West Coast guys for the most part, Dukes. But if you're just going to say, well, we're just going to stay internal because that always concerns me here because I've seen it done before and often it turns out not to be the greatest idea. Well, what if you cast the wide net you end up interviewing? Well, that's fine if you go through the whole process. Five or six candidates, and after that, you, you decide, okay, process. Stefanski interviewed well. We know what to expect with him. Stefanski. Let's go ahead and elevate him. Stefanski started here in 2006 as, as Brad Childress is basically gopher. Mm-hmm. He ran around Mankato during training camp with a with a cell phone, basically predicting when storms were going to come. That was his role. <laughs> you know amazing. what? Though? That's what Brad happens in that organization. I know, right? I mean, our buddy Ryan Munnins. I know, former PR what intern Jeff Robinson, then part time guy. Now Ryan Munnins is the head of is it pro scouting. Yeah, he's. I forget Ryan's exact title, but I mean Ryan is is big time in the front office. I'm just saying, if you go through the entire, so it's what they do. Yeah. Um, How bad is Pat Elfline's injury? Is this something that could sideline him like throughout large chunks of the off season into the next season? It's an ankle fracture. I mean, he'll undergo surgery early next week. Yeah. I mean, the hope is he's back by OTAs and or minicamp. Latavius Murray was, but it remains to be seen because Latavius Murray had ankle surgery and he wasn't himself until halfway through the season, right? I mean, definitely a serious injury. But yeah, I mean, the indication right now is he should be okay by 
you know, whether it's, mm. you know, early May, mid-May, mid-June, or even Egan come training camp in late July that, that he should be okay. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Also, Anthony Barr has a legitimate injury. You know, he's not in the Pro Bowl this week. It's a hamstring injury. He got hurt in the Eagles game. You Darvish update. What is going on there with the uh, sure. him and the Twins? Yeah, maybe? well, I went back and forth with a high-ranking Twins official this morning. They don't think today will be the day. So put it this way. If we have some news in the next few hours that you Darvish is signing with a team, figure it is not the Twins. Okay, The Twins are led to believe that you Darvish is not making a decision today. Recall a couple days ago, John Morrissey, who's very plugged in from Fox Sports, said, hey, it sounds like this will be the week that you Darvish picks a team. I'm just telling you, the Twins don't have a sense that you Darvish is picking a team today. I mean, I suppose you could pick a team tomorrow, but you would yeah. think it would be during the week. So, what would you say? And you and I are getting the same the same comments on uh, on Twitter, on email for for skeptical Twins fan that says you guys are getting duped. There's no way the Twins are actually in on you, Darvish. What's your response? Well, I mean, You've I can tell you from both sides, the Darvish side and the Twins side, I am led to believe they are still heavily involved. Now, the question I can't get answered, though, is the obvious follow-up via text is, have you made him a full-fledged offer? Have you laid out you are willing to pay him five years, $120 million, for example? Mm-hmm. I can't get a Twins official. I've checked with about seven of them. Yeah, I can't get one Twins official to say, yeah, we have made a full-fledged offer. Now, maybe we're debating semantics. They know what it'll take. They're still involved. But I don't have an indication that they have actually made a real offer. As of last weekend at Twins Fest, I was told they had not made an offer. But they could be easily. They, they could have talked about parameters. Of, Correct. That's you know, where hypothetically, it's if we yes. if you, we front loaded this and give you an opt out after this and blah blah blah. Okay, we'll, we'll correct. We'll discuss. I'll say this: I do think the Cubs will be tough to beat. If I had to bet, you Darvish won't be a twin. But are they still involved? Absolutely. So never say never. I still think they will land. A good starting pitcher, whether it's Darvish, Lynn, Cobb, maybe even Arietta. You know, heck, they've they've talked to here's a couple new names. Now, this would be more a back end guy, but Wade Miley, mm. John Lackey. Uh, uh, John Lackey. Chris uh, Tillman has the same agent as Alex Cobb. So Tillman's name has come up. Heck. They still have been back and forth with the Rays a little bit. Yeah. Now, do I think the Rays are trading Chris Archer? I don't have that sense right now. Sounds like they're but not. But the Twins have interest in Chris Archer. Yeah. So don't rule out the possibility of a trade. But with so many free agents available, I have changed my tune. About six weeks ago, I said, yeah, I actually think they make a trade before they sign a free agent. But with so many guys available, Save your bullets. at this point, yeah. I think you end up signing a Save guy. Save your prospect bullets for July. John Lackey does nothing for anybody. He's nothing. actually, you know, it's... He's actually been very solid in his older age. Last year was a bit of a drop-off, but, yeah, I mean, as far as moving the needle, it's not going to be something. Well, I mean, speaking of casting a wide net, I mean, they reached out on CC Sabathia. I mean, heck, I mean, they've talked to a number of teams. I'm sure they've talked to the Blue Jays about Stroman. I don't think the Blue Jays are moving him. Yeah. Uh, But they've tried. Jimmy Butler. That knee has now cost him, I believe, the past four games, if that is correct. Yeah, two what losses. Is, yeah, what's the concern about uh, the Wolves' best defensive player, best player, period, being out? Minimal. I mean, he may even be back tomorrow against the Nets at Target Center. If he's not back tomorrow, he's back soon. Okay. This is not any sort of long-term concern. My long-term concern remains 
that he has played so many minutes, even going back to USA basketball, you know, you can extend him as soon as this summer. The Wolves clearly want to keep him long term. What sort of Jimmy Butler will you get at age 32, 33? You're not winning the championship this year. I don't think you're winning the championship next year. But maybe you have a window in three or four years keeping this core together. Yeah, what's he going to be like then? What is he going to be like then after playing so many minutes? Yeah, and it's, it's, it, it always amazes me with all the research we have about workload and minutes. People still poo-poo it. Oh, he's young, whatever he's... No, it's not about whether he can play well in the next game because of the minutes. It's about the bulk of a decade's worth of 40, 45 high stress. His minutes are a lot more high stress than other guys because he's playing all out on both ends of the floor. So him playing for 43 minutes all out on both ends of the floor is a lot more stressful on his joints, on his body, on you know longevity than... A player like Carmelo Anthony who takes every defensive possession off until maybe late in the fourth quarter. It's just a fact. I recommend to the audience David Thorpe, former ESPN analyst, skills trainer. He helped cultivate, you know, Corey Brewer, Joe Kim Noah. He's based in the Tampa area. So a lot of guys with Florida ties. Yeah. He's been heavily involved in the NBA going back twenty plus years. I had him on the podcast within the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. Trust me, he lays out the evidence. The scientific evidence about minutes. So you need to listen to him. He is the expert. But yes, there is enough data out there to suggest you don't run these guys into the ground the way the Wolves do. Someone should tell Tibbs then. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, there are people on that staff that, that are fully aware of this. I mean, they've got people who are, Mm -hmm. the Wolves aren't, aren't like archaic in terms of their knowledge of analytics. And it's no, just I mean, that, Ryan Saunders is very bright when it sure. comes to the analytics. Uh, hey, I know you got to get going here in like a minute, but any final scoops go for basketball you mentioned before we took the airwaves here? Well, I mean, I had somebody close to the Gophers recommend to me, if Amir Coffey can't practice, why is he playing 32 minutes a night? Now, yep. maybe that changes soon. The season is lost. But if he can't practice, yeah. Dupree McBrayer can't practice, why are you playing these guys so many minutes? <laughs> Yeah, it's not. I mean, I, I mean, Patino's trying to save the season, so I. Well, it's lost. Now. I get that. Yeah, and now you're three and seven. I mean, maybe it was salvageable if you beat Northwestern the other night. At this point, it's lost. They're going to miss the NIT. It's officially They're circled the, the drain. NIT. Well, I mean, who cares about the NIT? I'm just it saying, like, circled that, the drain. No, I don't care about the NIT. I'm saying you were maybe talking elite eight two months ago, and now you're going to whiff on the NIT. Yeah. So it's been a I bad. I told you guys, CBI. Yeah. And they have to pay to get into the. They CBI, do have to pay. Right? Yes. I can't it's think the of a CBI fall off. baby. This. I mean, snap of the fingers, right? I mean, no. They I've, beat Illinois. Was it January third? I said this two weeks ago. Give me and what's give, today's day, January twenty sixth. In the span of twenty three days, give me an in season fallout like this. Last year's Vikings five and zero. I uh, mean, Tiger Woods. But this going is back to the oh, fiasco. Yeah, when you have a nine iron jammed into the back window of your car. <laughs> it's, wow. Your wife. But, I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, locally, you can't think of... No, I know. That's what I'm saying. The Vikings last year come to mind because they they started five and rip, and then they collapsed. But there's not many of these where you just saw it fall off the table this completely. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Doogie. Go find his Scoop podcast, KSTP.com. Doogie's got uh, a a great Twitter account, too. It's DWolfson, KSTP. And download, subscribe to the Scoop podcast. Let's react to some of the stuff we just learned in the last 15 minutes. And later on, we'll talk... XFL revival, but uh, Judd's got a little message First, for the Mackey. I've got Judd this. Looking. The big game, of course, coming up. And Mall of America, folks, I'm going to be talking about this quite a bit, is the place to be. Why, you say? I'm going to tell you. Join Emma Wave for over 65 exciting events, experiences, and celebrity appearances on every level and around every corner of the mall starting next week. This is like Christmas if you're a football fan, like at Macy's Court. 
There's going to be classes designed to provide you with the tools to deliver your best combined performance to stay in peak physical condition. And I'm just getting started here. Do you need some last-second things, a charger for your phone or a new style for an event? With over 520 stores, that's right, over 520 stores, there is something for everyone from fashion and food to tech and toys. They have what you're looking for. And then some can purchase team gear at over 20 stores, including the official NFL shop located on the second level of the mall. Plus, it's easier than ever to get in the game at MOA from light rail transit and airport taxis to Uber and uh, shuttles from over 50 hotels. You can get to MOA in a matter of minutes and convenience. As we all know these days, that is the name of the game. Visit mallofamerica.com slash boldnorth for all the details. That's mallofamerica.com slash boldnorth for all the details. Do it today because MOA is going to be the place to be next week for the big game. Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh my God, you guys, I am so stoked you are here. You have no idea. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Doogie with some, some good stuff there and an update on you, Darvish. Um, I think, so the Brewers made a bunch of moves yesterday. The Brewers signed Lorenzo Kane to an $80 million five-year contract. Mm-hmm. And they also made a trade for one of the the most underrated outfielders in the game, Christian Yelich. He's been tucked away in Miami for the last two or three years. Good young player in his mid-20s, mid to late. I think he's like 26 years old or something. And he's kind of an on-base machine who can hit some home runs, score some runs, steal some bases. So the Brewers are now sitting after after taking on Christian Yelich's salary and after taking on the salary of Lorenzo Cain, $80 million. Mm-hmm. Um this is where it gets confusing to me on the U Darvish front. So they apparently, according to reports, made a five-year offer to Darvish sometime in the last couple weeks. That surfaced yesterday. Did the Brewers just get word from the Darvish camp that, hey, he's not going to sign with you, and now you're free to go do whatever you want? So then they pulled the trigger on, on Lorenzo Cain. That's right. my guess, right? That's what it seems so like. To yes. me, it feels like good news for the Twins that the Brewers, who made an offer, are now out. Mm-hmm. But I'm with Doogie. Gun to the head. I don't think the Twins are going to one up the Cubs in, in 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 the financial bin. Um, like I don't think the Twins are going to spend more money on you, Darvers, than the Cubs are. But would the Twins give him a more player friendly contract that he can opt out of, or something well, of that here's nature? My question: Would he? Because we, we've been talking in terms of let's say four or six years here. Would he, because the market's gone so soft, sign a much shorter term deal? To to get another bite at being on the open market when things might be back to their ordinary ways, let's say in a year or two. Mm-hmm. So would he take a, a contract, a year contract or two years from the Twins, saying, "Okay, th- this market is really goofed up, and if I hit the market again, let's say in 2020, I'm going to have a chance now to capitalize." Yeah, or in two thousand. I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of the contract I laid out, whatever, a couple days ago yeah. on the show. I think pitchers have to understand, especially if you're 30, 31 years old. And I mistakenly said a couple days ago he was 29. He's actually turning 31, you Darvish. So it makes it even less likely that a team is going to offer him the six- or seven-year deal, ironclad, it's all guaranteed, baby, like some of the other pitcher contracts we've seen over the years. Teams are smarter than that. Front offices are smarter than that. But... The good news for pitchers is, and this is where there's just going to have to be an adjustment in the way that agents and players are thinking, trying to get this big payday. I'll bet there's a lot of teams that would give you Darvish thirty, thirty-five million dollars. Let's let's call it let's call it twenty-five to thirty million dollars mm-hmm. in 2018. 
and maybe in 2019. Mm-hmm. The hesitation is when you're 35, we don't want to guarantee anything five years out or four years out that's 20, 25, 30 million dollars. But I'll bet you if you went around the league and said, all right, forget about this long term stuff, how many teams would be willing to pay you, Darvish, 30 million dollars for his services next year? I'll bet two thirds of the league raises their hands on that. Wait a second. So we can get one of the better pitchers in baseball for a lot of money right now, but we don't have to incur the long-term risk or expense when he's 34, 35. Yes, absolutely. So if you can, and this is what I said two days ago, if you can give him that now, which mm-hmm. is what he thinks he's worth now, what he probably is worth now, mm-hmm. and then allow him to go get whatever he thinks is you know valuable in two years, that's the best. That's, that's a win-win situation for both sides. Hey, we'll pay you a lot right now, but we want to get out if, if something happens. And he could say, that's fine with me. And then come up for a contract in two years, and if the the market is back to where it has been, potentially cash in then. Yes. So it makes some sense, but I mean this this market has just been so weird. And then the question to Doogie's point becomes this: Then, if Darvish goes to the Cubs, you then have a list of what four pitchers potentially at least, if not more, who who you could turn around and pursue then. Because there's so, you know, for for this time in the winter, there's so many guys still left. Yeah, and I don't think it's going to change. I mean, there there doesn't appear to be in the in the market right now. There doesn't appear to be a correction where guys are starting to sign in mass. Certainly. Yeah, it's uh man in spring training. Where what are we sitting here? We're right. sitting like two weeks away from pitchers and catchers yeah. reporting, and three three four weeks away from workouts. All right, on the uh, on the Vikings coordinator front, Doogie said. If he had to, to venture a guess from his reporting, Kevin Stefanski, the mm-hmm. current quarterbacks coach, who's r- risen up through the coaching ranks within the Vikings organization the last 10 or 12 years, that he'd be the guy. My question to you is, do you prefer to know who the OC is first and then figure out quarterback or vice versa? The problem is you might not be able to figure out your quarterback for like another two months. Yeah. Um I guess I guess the re- realistic way is is to get the OC in place first. But if I'm the Vikings, are you and I, I guess that this depends on who you sign, trade for and or keep, do you change things up offensively much? I mean, you did have a system that seemed to work. Now, it came from a, a coordinator in Shermer that I appreciated because he changed things. He had a system, but that system was not necessarily it, it he was he was certainly willing to be flexible with it. Um, and the Stefanski hire might be fine. I just think if you hire somebody based on the fact that he worked with Shermer and you think it's going to be the same, that's a mistake. If you go through the list of candidates and say our internal guy is the best, I'm fine with that. What I don't like is when you when you give the job to Shermer's right hand man because you assume he's going to be just like Shermer was. Yeah. There's a lot of potential for the Peter principle in football where yes. guys just keep getting elevated, elevated. Uh, this is a great coordinator. Let's make him a head coach. Oh, actually, that's that's not what he's meant to be. And that's great quarterbacks coach. Let's go pluck him. So the, I would be I don't know enough about the work that Stefanski does behind the scenes. I think there's a reason why he's risen in 10 years as a 35-year-old guy. I mean, you don't just at 35, you don't just become eligible for offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL, um, even if it is an internal promotion, mm-hmm. without doing some great stuff behind the scenes. But it's hard. It's just so hard to know the dynamic. Right. It's even hard to know the dynamic between Pat Shermer and the quarterbacks. I mean, we see the end result and we see the career seasons when he's been working with Nick Foles and Case Keenum, but 
all we can really do is is sort of uh, fill in gaps. 651-646-8255. What's up, Steve? How you doing, gentlemen? Hi, Steve. Doing all right. What's going on with you? So this is the same you, Darvish, uh, that melted down and tipping his pitches and everything in the World Series, right? Uh, he had a terrible World Series. That is correct. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm of the belief you'd be better just uh, staying away from this club. So, okay, it's a good point. He did get shelled twice in the World Series. I would feel much more comfortable knowing that he tipped his pitches, and that's very fixable than yeah. some other thing. So, um, I'm not. I'm not. If, if he tipped his pitches and got rocked by one of the best lineups in baseball, it happens. Whatever. I'm much more interested in the six month regular season track record than a two-game sample against one of the best lineups in baseball. I mean, Irvin Santana got shellacked, too. I'll still take him. I'll, he still helped you get to the playoffs. You'd like him to step up and not wet himself against the Yankees inside Yankee Stadium. Right. Uh, but I'll trust the 3.42 ERA and 11 strikeouts per nine innings from you, Darvish, in his career to this point more than a two-game blip in the playoffs. The only, like, it gives you a little pause. The but. only thing about the uh, tipping the pitches that uh, comes back to concern me is if you recall when the Dodgers got him, I believe the Rangers had just been in Miami, and the Marlins players said the exact same thing, and the Dodgers said, oh, no problem, we'll work on that. So they were aware of that problem, and he still got shelled. But if you are giving him a two-year contract, it's worth that gamble. That's the point is... It's worth a gamble up to a certain point. At six years, it's not. At five years, it's probably too much. At four years, we, we can talk. But at two or three years, yeah, I'm in. Let me put it this way. Let I me, take let my me, chances. Let me throw this back to the caller here. Chris Sale was tipping his pitches against the Twins two or three years ago, and they rocked him like three times when he was a White Sox pitcher. Mm-hmm. Would you call in and say if the Twins were in the mix on Chris? And now Chris Sale's better than you, Darvish, but you, Darvish, is still one of the 30 best starting pitchers in baseball, maybe one of the 20 best starting pitchers in baseball. He's one of the best strikeout starting pitchers in baseball. Would you call in and say, uh, is that the same Chris Sale that was tipping his pitches against a Twins lineup and got rocked? No, thank you. No, you'd say, I'll trust his body of work and that he can figure out how to not tip his pitches. It'd be a lot worse if you Darvish got shelled and the answer was, yeah, his fastball is not good enough anymore. Man, that slider... Not quite the same. Or my arm hurts. Yeah. That's that's a bigger deal than tipping your pitches. I, I just think that that there's a chance that, that the t- tipping the pitches might be real, but it might be a part of a problem that's bigger. But once again, if I can go two years, I'll take that chance. If I can go two years, I'll take that chance. At five, I'm probably out. Yeah. Five guaranteed. Yeah. It might be like it, it's possible you might have to give him a player option and then you don't get a say in it, but whatever. Um, we'll see. Maybe he'll sign today, and we'll get that during our show. I don't know. Yeah, with the Cubs. With the Cubs, yes. <laughs> or Doogie. the Astros or something. Yep. Uh, Superstar Mike Morris will join, hang out in the noon hour. we got a game show for Game Show Friday. And when we come back, the XFL is coming back in a couple years. A lot of people are just crapping all over this idea, and you know it failed the first time around. It's probably going to fail this time around, right? I'm going to defend Vince McMahon when we come back here. Let's talk about it. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The most meaningless exercise in sports media. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The new XFL will be fan-centric with all the things you like to see and less of the things you don't. And no doubt, a lot of innovations along the way. We will present a shorter, faster-paced, family-friendly, and easier-to-understand game. 
Don't get me wrong, it's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL! Yes. 2001. So, oh, man. Um, so <laughs> the XFL is coming back in 2020. No media partner announced yet, although Vince did. He did discuss some of the streaming platforms and how the landscape has changed. He mentioned, I think, Amazon and yeah, Facebook. He and, did. I mean, he put together the WWE Network, which is um, successful in terms of revenue coming in. But eight teams, 40-man rosters, 10-game season. Uh-huh. And some of the other things he promised were shorter. It's almost like he took a list of all the things that people are annoyed by with, with the NFL. And uh, I'm just going to do the opposite. So he promised shorter games. Yep. Oh, well, because games take forever, especially college football games take forever. Two hours, right? He says they're going to take two hours. He said players must stand for the anthem. Yep. Okay, that checks a box. Okay, no social agendas during the game window, just entertainment. Uh, No cheerleaders or players with criminal records. So that's more from the last time they launched the XFL, and they would do, like, cheerleader locker room visits and stuff. Inside the locker room, yeah. Yes. And uh, and also he said an easier-to-understand game, which, again, he's just taking things criticisms of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, what's a catch? I don't know what a catch is. Well, we're going to make it easier to understand mm-hmm. what a catch is and what football is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more Vince McMahon yesterday. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. And quite frankly, we're going to give the game of football back to fans. I'm sure everyone has a lot of questions for me, but I also have a lot of questions for you. In fact, we're going to ask a lot of questions and listen to players, coaches, we're going to listen to medical experts, technology executives, members of the media, and anyone else who understands and loves the game of football. And if not, you're fired. He's also going to own all the teams. Yeah. He will own the league and eight, he will own teams. all the teams, which eight, is weird. Eight teams to start with. It seems to maybe that they would so, take away competitive uh, spirit. but so the, so the philosophy as he's going into this, is much like the last time. Last time he said, I, I believe in 2000, when they first announced that this league was going to start, his whole thing was football's no fun. Football's become too corporate. They they penalize guys at that time, I think, for celebrating touchdowns. It's soft. His, it's, it's, yeah. it's soft. And so so his philosophy then was, we are gonna, we're going to go in the cheerleaders' locker rooms, and these players are going to have fun, and we are going to be an in-your-face league and if families don't like it too damn bad yeah we've now come back in 2018 and are talking about launching a league in 2020 by the same name that is going to be family friendly that's going to be uh shorter games easy to understand as you said with the rules yes and so so what he's doing is largely the same thing in saying i see what's wrong in in the national football league right now and I'm going to fix those things. Uh, now, the one thing that is pretty strategic about this that makes it interesting, and if you are a an NFL player right now, you are hoping to God this league works, is if you look at the timing on this, the CBA for players in the National Football League is up in uh, 2021. The XFL starts in 2020. This does This could give you, if you have to go on strike, this could create a situation where you could say, if this league is successful at all, I've got at least another platform. Yeah, and th- there's a long way to go before you get to, oh, to yeah. any of that. But I want to, I want to, because I think the the biggest reaction or the most popular reaction since yesterday's press conference 
is, you know, Vince McMahon, he's a wrestling guy and he's a, he's a stunt man, kind of a shock jock promoter, right? That that's him. He's just looking for attention. And he's had a lot of failed non-wrestling ventures throughout his life. I'm going to defend him on this. I wouldn't bet a lot of money that the XFL succeeds, but I've got the, I've got the uh, Xfinity menu of channels here right now. This is for tomorrow's programming. Okay. All right. So I'm going to give you, in case you're wondering whether people would watch professional football, mm-hmm. something between college football and the NFL, mm-hmm. here's some of the sports programming that's deemed worthy for sports channels, sports cable sports channels, tomorrow night in primetime, a Saturday night in primetime, when people are around and they're, you know, they're sitting at home, it's wintertime, okay? All right. We've got on ESPNU, Southern Illinois at Missouri State. We got the Salukis in a basketball game for two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Probably not a ratings mogul. Mm-hmm. We've got college basketball on CBS Sports Network. We've got uh, Memphis and Cincinnati. Yeah, Memphis and Cincinnati. Not a ratings mogul. Uh, let's see. Let's go Fox Sports 1 here. Oh, look, motorcycle racing for three hours on Saturday night on Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Motorcycle racing? Now, maybe I'm out of the loop, and that motorcycle racing does big numbers for Fox Sports 1, but I'm guessing they're just looking for live programming that might draw any eyeball, right? Yes. So if he can put together any kind of a formidable, watchable league, and that's I think that's the next question we have to pose. If you're a fan, what would get you to watch, whether it's the XFL or something else, what would get you to watch a football league between college football and the NFL in the offseason – what would get you hooked a little bit to say, you know what, I'll stop by for a couple hours and watch this game? Mm-hmm. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. In fairness to Vince McMahon, and you can make fun of him because he's a wrestling guy and wrestling's fake and it's blah, blah, blah. He's one of the great producers in television history. And I'm not, that's not a stretch to say. WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw had just celebrated its 25th anniversary. There's no off season. It's just Weekly, three hours of of live events. In fact, every week he oversees eight hours of live programming year-round, Raw, SmackDown. Now, it's wrestling. It's not football. Mm -hmm. But most of the things for a football league are going to be scripted. The broadcasts are going to – you know who the broadcasts are. uh, You know who the broadcasters are. You know – you know everything but the final outcome of a football game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can put together like competent quarterback play even, you have a chance to draw some people in. If, if you can, Tebow plays for you, for instance. Or maybe not Tebow, but somebody else no, who can Tebow, throw a pass. No, no, because he would get people to tune in. He would, Like yes. if, you, if you went into your league saying Tim Tebow plays for New York, it's going to get people. The interesting thing about this league too, I think, is this. So, so McMahon's uh, wife is uh, is uh, Trump's small business administration head, I guess. Yeah, she ran and leader. She ran and failed in a Senate race in Connecticut. Okay, now she's yeah. So, what I find to be intriguing about this too is Vince being a smart guy. I wonder if he he looked at the uh, anthem protests and he looked at Trump's criticism of that. And, and the fact that there were a lot of people in this country on board with Trump. And he said to himself, okay, there is there is a large faction of people here who like football, but they really don't like the direction that the National Football League is going right now. Therefore, I am going to just pivot and turn around and give these people everything that they possibly want. Respect during the anthem. Uh, according to him, uh, during his press conference, he's not going to sign guys who are criminals. 
everything he's doing basically goes down the path of those people who turned on Goodell would say, I might watch that league. Because there's a lot of them. It's also like a lot of people think that they hate the NFL because players don't stand for the anthem, but they still watch. I mean, numbers are down a little bit. But the other thing here, too, is if you think the NFL is crashing and uh, you know crashing and burning and losing, it's still the most watched TV show in America on a week-to-week basis. Sunday Night Football, oh, you know, yeah. the, the late Sunday afternoon but games. But he's just looking for, he, he's looking for a small piece of that pie, potentially. Yeah, that's and what he's looking for. He, he doesn't need the entire thing. He needs a he needs if there's a disenfranchised group for this league, that's what he wants. I absolutely think there's room for more football between like February and May or February and June. I do. I think or whatever. You can even run it right up to the preseason games, but someone someone's got to do it right. The USFL failed. Arena football is just kind of meh. The first XFL was a massive flop. It was. 651-646-8255. What would you you watch? I have a couple theories, but let's get to uh, Adam. You're on the show, Adam. Hey, guys. How are you? What's up, man? I got one real easy way that they can be successful. You get fantasy football, you get FanDuel and DraftKings involved. Anybody will watch that stuff. That's a great point. You do any of that, it works. Guaranteed. You know what? That's an excellent point. If you think about your habits watching football games, a lot of people watch some of these crappy games or follow on Red Zone Channel just to watch your fantasy players. Mm-hmm. So if you could incorporate a fantasy aspect here, that would be a genius component. 651-646-8255. The thing about starting a league, uh, let's say, that that uh, starts right after the Super Bowl, too, is this. Think about the programming that, that we watch right now. I mean, you turn on your TV and there's senior bowl practices, right? There's Pro Bowl practices. People watch the Pro Bowl. You have to say to yourself, if people are going to remain engaged to watch practices, that if I can put together a semblance of a decent product, it doesn't have to be great, just decent product, I can get football fans to continue to watch. There's one key thing. If if this is going to succeed at all, even, even just to stay alive for a second season, there's one thing that has to happen for sure. Let's get to that. Ben, we'll get to your call. And uh, anyone else who has thoughts on the uh, the relaunch of the XFL in 2020, 651-646-8255. Right on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard is where you can find one of the proud sponsors of the Mackie and Judge Show and the Touch em All podcast. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota. One of my favorite aspects of uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota is the Luther Lounge. So you go in, either maybe you're waiting for paperwork or something, or you're getting maintenance done on your vehicle. They have an amazing waiting area. I know it sounds kind of corny that like why, okay, you're you're pimping the waiting area. We're talking two massive 70 inch flat screen TVs, six workstations with TVs in them, and a lounge area, uh, play area for the kids, free coffee and tea and snacks. And just uh, an amazing, clean environment. And I think back to the old Toyota City days before they built the new facility five or six years ago. And uh, and, ju- and just how small that little waiting area was. It was like a couple of chairs and a vending machine or something and a box TV. So stop in and check out the Luther Lounge and see why my family and I have been going to the same people for multiple decades. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This is like a marriage. Mackey and Judd. Might be boring, but it's stable. On 1500 ESPN. Yeah, the big game is coming up at 1500 ESPN and TCL. Want to make sure you are ready. Every day this week, yes, we've been doing it every day. This is the last day for your chance to win a 65-inch TCL TV plus a $100 gift certificate to Crave 
for your party. Check out the 1500 ESPN stream player for all the details. It's brought to you by TCL, the official TV of football playoff parties. Six years ago, NFL suits decided Los Angeles wasn't good enough for a football team. The Rock in Los Angeles and the entire country, for that matter, are sick and tired of NFL suits telling us what we want. So we have a little message to the NFL suits. We want you to find your bags, the very bags you packed when you took football out of L.A. Then we want you to empty your bags out. And then we want you to fill your bags back up with the things that are obviously most important to you. With the little cell phones, with the little dinner reservations, and then we want you to add one more thing. A brand new red and black XFL football. And then we say to you, the NFL suits, we respectfully tell you to take your bags, turn them sideways, and stick them straight up your candy asses! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the XFL. We're a, we're a long way from that now. Oh, family God. friendly. Hey, family friendly. No, no cheerleaders. Yeah. What you couldn't see oh. on the Rock promo there—that was pregame <laughs> midfield all by himself. Ah, the stands in LA were about maybe a quarter full. Yeah. There was nobody there. Right. Exactly. So I think there's a main component, and we'll get to calls here. We'll get to Paul and Ben and Mark. If you can create a compelling passing game in your league, that's your shot. The XFL outside of Tommy Maddox was just a disaster. And, you know, guys were running all over the, the place and didn't know what. So if you give if you give teams enough time to prepare and if you can somehow and I don't know how you do this, whether it's with rules or whatever it is, because you're going to have the Brandon Whedon's and the Brady Quinn's right. The NFL quarterback rejects. That's the bin. And and whatever the new generation of those guys is, yep. the Mitch Leidners of the world, right? Like those are the guys that would play in the XFL. They'd want to play professional football if they aren't going to play in in, in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Pay them enough salary to make it worth their while to play and to prep all year, and then create a league that's actually fun to watch the passing attack. And that's why I keep going back to like the Big Twelve. If I can if I can tune in, and it's more Texas Tech versus Baylor than. You know, Northwestern versus Iowa, then I'm I might be interested. I'll sit around and watch that on a full field with names that I might remember from college. Yeah, I'm curious uh, to see if there's going to be a plan this time because it seemed like last time they they laid out this plan and then they did it so quickly, it wasn't well done. If you come in with a with a cohesive plan and you have rosters of not even great but competent players, I think you might have something. But if you do the same thing that they did last time, which was they started that league, and it wasn't even football. I don't know what that was. It was a combination sort of of wrestling, something that looked like football, and rugby. It was weird, yeah. I mean, Vince McMahon was very haughty coming off the astronomical ratings of his wrestling shows in the late 90s. And sounds like he's a little bit more humble. He didn't go at the NFL. They were aggressively going after the NFL in their promotions and marketing, and now... He's not doing that at all, really. It's very passive-aggressive if he is. 651-646-8255. Ben, go ahead. Hey, guys. What's up, Ben? Hello, Ben. Well, I think uh, there's going to be three main reasons this works well. I think you guys nailed it with uh, basically there's a void with the NFL that people are frustrated with, and they're just trying to fill that void. 
Second, I think, is is the guy's failed at this before, so it's his second time trying it. I think that timeline, like you mentioned, I think last time they had teams but not stadiums lined up. And I think the third reason is going to be that uh, just social media and just more TV in general. I think people know these guys like, uh, you know, Leidner and, and uh, Johnny Manziel. He tweeted out the other day to Vince McMahon. He was excited. So I think people know a lot more former players now than they used to. So uh, thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Actually, thanks, John, you know what? Honestly, this is where, you know, I'm not going to be as devoted to this as I would the NFL, but if Johnny Manziel played in the first XFL game, I'm in. Oh, you'd watch, yeah. I would watch. Yeah. And people can say, I'd never watch. Like, you're kind of one of those guys. Well, I'm not going to watch that, but it depends on who come plays. on. It depends you on who watch plays. The, it you watch the McGregor plays. fight. It depends on who plays. Let's take another call here. Uh, Paul, we're talking XFL. Hey, Paul. Not to be a killjoy, but Adam's call about FanDuel and DraftKings and fantasy football, I don't think that's going to work with a guy who rigs uh, wrestling matches and scripts it and everything is predetermined and now he's running a football league. But Paul, really Paul, you can bet you can bet on WrestleMania matches. You can actually put now they cap the wagering <laughs> obviously. But if they cap the wagering you can bet on anything. Yeah, but do you really I mean fan duels and DraftKings have been in enough trouble uh trying to keep afloat as far as legally. You really think they're gonna get involved with this with, with Vince McMahon? Would you trust Vince McMahon? Listen, Paul, we're just trying to have a fun conversation here. <laughs> Some, the somebody whole thing. might to gamble, oh, Paul. Paul. Somebody might trust him enough. So, do you really think you're suited to be the fourth guy in our group, oh. Buzz Killington? <laughs> yeah, I do in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah you're going to be in See studio. Paul. Thanks, Paul. Let's take one more here. <laughs> Superstars coming in. Mark, you got about 30 seconds, Mark. Go ahead. We're talking XFL. Oh. Okay, he should go after the NCAA. He need, they need to figure out how to do an instructional draft to get some of these kids out of college ball. I mean, the kids aren't making any money. Uh, he could set it up some way that uh, it's ideal that it'll be a spring thing. So if they pro play their freshman and sophomore years and they're looking pretty good, they can go after them, have them come in. But they've got to do something getting some of these college kids in before they're ready for the NFL. Uh, and I just think it would, I think that's where. They need to go. Yeah, Mark, we're up against the clock here, but the only problem there is how do you convince top high school football players? Listen, I know Nick Saban wants to coach you up and maybe lead you to the NFL, but Vince McMahon is the yeah. real guy that's going to help lead you to NFL glory. And that now go, goes back to who you get to coach these eight teams. Yeah. So there's, like if you get a special teams coach from a college, you're yeah. not going to make a mark. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. 
Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.